0: we're recording tonight
1: oh yeah i'm sorry
0: i thought we were just hanging out and talking
1: oh well that too we're gonna record us hanging out and talking nice here we go on this episode of Geek Out Loud. It is the month of September 2017 and we're talking about the movies of that month. We're taking your emails. we got a little bit of news and a special guest comes by to review a movie with us all on your safe place to geek out. everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out on the internet it's a past the corn episode so that means we've got to bring him in he is my brother from another mother who i haven't talked to in way too long it can't we cannot do this anymore ladies and gentlemen eric scherneweiss What's up, my
0: brother? From the other mother.
1: From the from the other mother. How from you doing, man? Mother, from another
0: mother, my brother. How's Plain it? and simple. How's
1: it going? It is going great. Even better after Justice League and Raiders of the Lost start. I hear you. Well, we 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 prefer Super yeah. Friends over Justice League, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm
0: just. That's how excited I am.
1: I right understand. To so be back on Geek Out Loud. Man, it's good to have you back, and it's good to have you back in the Golaverse. Mile High Tundra season two has kicked in.
0: I'm doing a double dip tonight. After uh, we're done passing the corn here, gonna do record some Mile High Tundra for week two.
1: So we can't be wasting any time, everybody. <laughs> Joe
0: and I are excited to be back.
1: Well, I'm excited to have you guys back. It's it's gonna be fun to get uh, you know have to email Joe and be like, hey, include us all in the email this time, buddy. Yes, it's yes. gonna be fun to do that all through the season of football. How are things looking on the gridiron so far? Well, guys. if
0: you're a Broncos fan, they're looking fantastic. Oh, yeah? If you're a Packers fan, not so they're much. looking great week one, not so great week two. Well, so be an interesting show tonight.
1: Could be worse. You could be a Giants or a Jets fan. This is true. I, this I understand. This is true. I, I, I guarantee you New York is getting ready to revolt.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, not about the Jets because, honestly, they didn't expect anything. But <laughs> the Giants, yeah.
1: Yeah, well. You win some, you lose some. and In this case, the Giants look like they're losing a lot. That's all the sports talk you're going to get here. For more of it, check out Mile High Tundra with Arish and Joe. You can find them over at geekoutpodcast.com, on iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. Mile High Tundra. It's a Broncos fan and a Green Bay fan talking about football. And uh, so they have a, a bit of a skewed view of things in the NFL. And uh, and, and those guys have fun doing what they're doing, so... Make sure you check that out, Eric. We have got a couple of little emails to get to. We do. So let's jump f- into. Let's jump. First, in. give
0: me an adjective.
1: An adjective. Um. Well, let's go to the chat. Chat. We need an adjective. Now, an adjective is any word that would de- uh, describe a noun. For those of you who are into grammar, let me see if the chat will give us anything real quick.
0: If we're going to chat, let's ask for a plural noun and an article of clothing, plural. Oh, as okay.
1: Well. All right. So, uh, a chatty. We've got chatty. For our adjective, chatty, a plural noun, pants, it would be the article of clothing.
0: For the art, pants is the article of clothing? Yeah, and we need, um, we need a plural noun.
1: We need a plural noun. That now, a noun is a person, place, or thing, everyone.
0: Yes, and plural would be more than one of them.
1: Thank you so much, Erish. (laughs) (laughs) Dingoes, dingoes will be our plural noun. Maybe
0: a dingo ate your baby. Maybe a
1: dingo ate your baby.
0: All right, well, I'll hit you up for more later.
1: All right, let's jump into some emails. (laughs) Our first email comes from Jamie Rotella. Uh, Jamie and Anthony, big supporters of the Goloverse and friends of the shows and and Disney Vault Talk particularly. Um, A couple of episodes ago, and Eric, I've spoken to you about this via the text. I talked a little bit about Death Note, this movie that I really struggle with that was on Netflix. uh, Trying to figure out if it's one of the worst things I've ever seen or one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And so I talked about it on the show and Jamie says, Hi Steve, I almost fell off my chair at work. Since my husband Anthony and I just watched Death Note last week and came to the exact same reaction. First of all, there are about a thousand too many Netflix original shows slash movies. They need to focus on what works and really see what people want. That being said, we fell victim to the ad for this movie and thought, okay, let's just give it a go. At first, I thought the same thing. This seems like a good movie. The gore was unnecessary. But I was intrigued enough to find out what happens. These are moments in life I will never get back. Even right to the end of the movie, I was like, what the heck is going on? I vote for not the greatest movies or movie movies should make you feel good or at least make you think this made me confused. Didn't make me feel good and made me wish I just kept watching reruns of the office instead of trying something new. This was no stranger things, but really what is thanks as always for the great entertainment and uh, hopefully there'll be more goal in the future. There sure will be more goal in the future. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, Eris, did you did you bite the bullet maybe for me and watch some Death Note? I did not watch
0: no. some Death Note. Listen, um, <laughs> I just I want to answer one thing in, in the article. They talk about all of the Netflix original material. Right. You have to be careful there because a lot of what Netflix is throwing up isn't stuff that they produced. Hmm. There there is a distinct difference between something that Netflix has commissioned, i.e., like House of Cards or the Marvel series or unfortunately of late like the Adam Sandler movies as opposed to material that has been independently produced and then sold to Netflix and that's a lot of these kind of low-rent action movies and things like that it's it's a lot of the stuff that frankly you see only has one or two rating Mm -hmm. stars on it you know they're going to they're going to the big film festivals and, you know, which is where a lot of this kind of low budget fair gets shopped around and they're just purchasing it on the cheap to have content. Right. To be able to throw new content up so that that shouldn't be. Now, they're calling it a Netflix original because it hasn't aired anywhere else here in the States mm-hmm. or possibly anywhere. But it's not something that Netflix like cut a deal necessarily to produce.
1: Right. Well, this the, it's, it's kind of like the old straight to, to video movies back yes. in the day.
0: Yeah, it's like your uh, your um, you know Police Academy twelve. Right. and Stuff like.
1: that. Right. Um, well, I tell you, the most confusing thing to me is that the climactic moment of the movie, uh, a violent moment of the movie, uh, this is what's going on. This is the song that's playing. I don't want to live without love. And it was little moments like that where this was the music that was used, this type of music. And in music that is a little bit, you know, more expensive I would think to license than what this movie merited, but anyhow, uh, it, it's fun it's it's a weird watch, it's a fun watch nonetheless, I think. I don't know. I'm not going to go revisit it, necessarily. A lot of people who are fans of the manga or the manga... Do you say manga or manga?
0: I say manga, but there's people that say manga. Yeah. Uh, they're not happy... Tomato, tomato. Yeah,
1: they're not happy with the story. They feel like it, it got off-kilter a little bit. Um, Jonathan ch- uh, chimes in. He says, Dear Steve, I was at my local second-hand bookstore called Second and Charles. Second and Charles. It's a, it's a That's more than a second-hand bookstore. It's a second-hand everything store. Uh, they buy back your your old toys, electronics, guitars, and other things, and I went to sell some stuff and found the six-issue comic series of Star Wars Heir to the Empire uh, for $6 total. Nice. Um, yeah, I geeked out when I saw it, and that's from Jonathan over in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Yeah, Jonathan, that is, man, Heir to the Empire, the comic series is, you know, of course it's the adaptation of the novel, and um, it's, in that, it's in that era of Star Wars comics at Dark Horse where, like with Dark Empire and everything, it, the art was a little bit not to my taste, but you couldn't swing a dead cat without coming across some Star Wars material on the comic book shelves uh, as Star Wars started to come back on the scene there in the 90s. And Air of the Empire, the book, uh, the novel, the comic book series is all a part of that. And, um, and it's because of that series that we would get some figures on the shelves of some of these expanded universe characters. And, and they kind of define the way... That, that, that comic, along with some of the covers, I guess, as well, but really that comic defined the way we saw a lot of the way these characters looked. Except for the Nagri. Yeah, except for them. Cause no, now,
0: nobody could ever figure out what a Nagri really looked like. I always, I always
1: pictured something. Honestly, when I saw Sebulba... Uh, for the first time, yeah. I was like, that kind of is what I thought a nagri would kind of look like with the schnout and everything.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, some people would draw them short. Some people would draw them really tall and skinny. Some were brown. Some were more purplish-hued. Others yeah. were gray. I mean, it just, I remember years ago working on one of the Essential Guides and trying to find some solid reference to pass on to an artist, and it was just all over the place. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it, it 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 was one of those things where Zahn gave you just enough description to kind of let your imagination run wild. Yeah. And uh, and that was fun. I I loved some Rook back in the day. Well, I'll,
0: Rebels will make it canon. That's and right. Make him canon. And
1: and as with Warwick Davis doing yep. the voice, which means we have to since we mentioned Rebels and anything to do with Ron.
0: Well, and Marvel is adapting Timothy Zahn's Thrawn novel. Oh, really? In, in a comic series now, also.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's good stuff. Um, uh, one other thing I want to mention, everyone. I was I was sent an email from Travis Sharp, uh, who listens to the show and is friends with this show as well as some others uh, that we're that we're friends with, such as the Star Wars Report and such as. Um, and he sent me an email about a musical that he's doing over in, in the Atlanta area. It's a musical he wrote, and it has opened now. Uh, it's uh, called Wicket, a parody <laughs> musical. And um, it premiered on the 8th of this month, so just a couple of weeks ago. And they're doing showings uh, every weekend until the weekend of October 7th at Dad's Garage Theater Company in Atlanta, Georgia. You can go to facebook.com slash Musical and uh, get all the information about that. If you're in the area or you're going to be in the area, check it out. Uh, what's been said so far by folks who've seen it, uh, Wicket was a surprise on all accounts. Going to see a, a play based off of Star Wars canon has its own baggage. I'm in no way a full-blown Star Wars nerd. I was worried would I get all the jokes references or would I just sit back and pretend laugh as those more clued in laughed around me. Wicket was a joyous surprise and one of the most pleasurable times I've spent in the theater. The fast-paced nature of the play, along with the morphing and evolving soundtrack, so many genres of music were lovingly stitched into the musical. And the tight and clear direction made Wicket a musical I'm telling family and friends to attend. Hilarious, poignant at times, and most importantly, solid fun. It's one of the best musicals I've seen at Dad's Garage and one of the most fun evenings of the theater I've had in a long time. Two thumbs up. Also, there's some surprise opera which is awesome this reviewer says so uh, they've got really solid reviews there on their Facebook page check them out facebook.com slash wicket the musical they're in no way paying for this at all Travis is just a is a loyal listener and good friend and we want to uh, to show him some love and send in the geek so if you're in the area and you want to go every weekend now between now and uh, October the weekend of October 7th so you've got just a couple more weeks to get over and see it so check it out and uh, and let them know you heard about them on Geek Out Loud. Um, well, Erich, that's that's what we've got in emails right now. Do you need anything else from me?
0: No. Okay. Except that I I texted you the other day. I heard John they're using John Cena's entrance music in a Toyota commercial now.
1: <laughs> I have not even looked that up. That is awesome. <laughs>
0: It's the most bizarre thing. And it, it I mean it works really well in the ad, but I'm like this is John Cena's music. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it a number of times now.
1: That's great. So,
0: it's just absolutely
1: bizarre. That's great. Um, well, before we move further, I'm going to do a quick random card reading. This comes from the Ghostbusters 2 card set as put out by Tops. Um, And this is card number 18, Descent into Danger. The Ghostbusters dig a hole in the street outside Dana's apartment. Next, Stance is lowered into a mysterious abyss that is abuzz with psychomagnetheric energy. Wow, that's a hard word. Psychomagnetheric energy. And it will be continued on the next exciting card. On the front, it is Ray being lowered down into the pit, and he's got his flashlight shining about. And we know he's about to see that river of pink slime that runs under New York. So, um, Ghostbusters 2.
0: And let's ask the the chat here. I need a number. Oh, a number. A number, a noun, and I'm hesitant to ask for this because I see Doc in the chat. In the chat, I need part of the body, plural.
1: All right. We need a plural part of the body, and uh, we need a number.
0: Number 87.
1: Number 87. Yeah, that's from dot. And
0: a noun. I need a noun,
1: too. And, and a noun. So anyone other... i
0: ears. I see ears there.
1: Okay. And, and... uh... And... How about go with nostrils instead of ears? Okay. And the noun will be car from Jimmy and Georgia. All right. All right. So, uh, I want to play this. I got to play our i got to play a promotional thing real quick, Irish. Okay. Here we go. Woo. Get it in person. We are... Uh, <laughs> we have just... Let, grind it till you find it, as they say. Oh, are you? there? Yeah, Team Steve. Team um, Steve. Grind it till you find it. On a, in an automatic, by the way. <laughs> 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 they had jumbo wings and tenders.
0: I was hoping there would be a gate guard to Sweet Talk up uh. there, but it was not.
2: We, we saw a lot of long ponytails today.
1: Okay, we'll edit this part out. No, we no, won't. I know you not <laughs> If I'm looking in the sun too long, everything gets fuzzy after that. I mean, that's everybody.
2: The darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl See. in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found...
1: Go, send yourself!
2: A stand and face the hounds of hell. Oh, she's a
1: scary child.
2: rot inside
1: a corpse's shell. Shaz is convinced they were stacking bodies in this cemetery.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, that's premium plot
1: right there. I would have been like, hey, you, tell me about these jumbo wings and tenders.
0: The announcer looks at me and... Uh, says,
2: you want to eat? I was like, what? <laughs> we, we should probably go back for some Jumbo Wings um. and Tender.
1: Jumbo Wings and Tim, Jumbo Wings and Tim, Jumbo Wings and Tim, jumbo. Suddenly, this expedition has become something I was not expecting. Indeed, it did. And to find out what exactly what it became, tune in in October as we lead up to the release of Stranger Things Season 2, hitting Netflix on October 27th. We're going to take eight nights before that, so the 19th, we'll begin our walkthrough, our watch through, uh Stranger Things. And there'll be one episode a day here on Geek Out Loud. We encourage you to watch with us live. Tune in. As uh, we talk over the TV show is, that you're trying to watch, and have some fun together doing that. Leading into that, though, will be our our uh, our episode where Shaz Bazaar, Steve Bennett, and myself went on a Stranger Things expedition around North Georgia, where we saw the sights, ate at Benny's Burgers, which is actually a place called Tiffany's, and um, and I did not get jumbo wings and tenders, but that's a story that you will hear on that show. And to, and to coincide with that starting early in october you can go over to geekoutonline.com and there'll be multiple blog posts uh chronicling our adventure with pictures and everything and you can see side by side reference points and everything of all the places we went we really did go all over north georgia we walked more than i wanted to and uh really looking forward to celebrating stranger things starting in october well erish
0: two things real quick yeah uh, now i definitely want jumbo wings and tenders that's right and two, when you first started playing that, I thought that it was you hanging out with Lethargic Chewy in the parking lot.
1: <laughs> by the way, Lethargic Chewy called me yesterday. Uh, did he now? Yeah, we're friends now, by the way. Nice. Lethargic. I knew
0: that was going to happen. Well,
1: did you not? Okay, do you know How the How could hu- you
0: not be friends with a dude named Lethargic well, Chewy? Well, come
1: to find out, he works at a church here in town.
0: All the more reason. Yeah,
1: and I told him... When we actually got to talking at a different location than Toys R Us, just before my car broke down, um, I told him, you know, what I'd done—that I'd videoed him. And I'm like, you were like the most lethargic shoe, and he's like, what was I supposed to do? They had it pitch black out there. They wouldn't let me in the store. Um, you know, no one, everyone that wanted to take a picture took a picture. So I'm just walking around. I'm like, well, I've got great video of you just walking around, buddy. And we laughed, and it was fun.
3: So. I'm
0: still convinced that when he says everyone who wants to take a picture, and I'm doing air quotes on that, mm-hmm. means everyone who wanted to buy weed bought their weed. I think he's your <laughs> local weed dealer. No, he's
1: not. He's not at all. <laughs> Mark says, I wonder what that sermon sounds like. Take your Bibles and turn to... All right. Well, let's... Uh, air... Let's... let's pop some popcorn that's right to these september movies let's pass some corn
0: pass the corn
1: all right. Well, it is September as we get into this, and I've not seen a movie in a long time, so I've missed some of these earlier uh, I, movies this month. I did go to see Wind River,
0: uh, one of the movies we talked about for August, mm-hmm. with uh, Jeremy Renner and um, and uh, and Olsen. Uh, oh yeah, Mary plays Scarlet Witch. Mary
1: was it Mary Elizabeth Olsen? No. No, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. It's Elizabeth it's Olsen. It's Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, it's just Elizabeth Olsen, not yeah. Mary Elizabeth Olsen. Same, just... same director as Heller. I mean, same writer
0: from Heller High Water and Sicario, and he wrote and directed this. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, good! I, I loved it. One of my favorite movies of the year. He is, this guy is just rocketing up the charts for me. Nice. as I eagerly anticipate Taylor Sheridan is his name anything that he's working on I'm I'm there um, so uh, I definitely recommend that you can probably still find it in some theaters mm-hmm. or uh, certainly when it hits on demand or Redbox or Netflix or whatever check
1: it out it's a really good movie um those two have good chemistry anyway I mean we know yes. that from the Avenger stuff and, and everything but yeah so uh, I do remember that talking about that movie I just have not been able to get to a movie theater to see anything so um but uh there hadn't been a lot out that's really just kind of lit my fire necessarily no and i think that you know we're we're
0: recording this on what's today's date the 19th right so we're we're a little late into the month so some of
1: these have kind of already come and gone we can race through some of these right. earlier ones right well like home again uh where screen darling reese witherspoon um it, it's it's a vehicle for her in fact some of the some of the trailers even said the the role she was born to play yeah. But I've um, heard, I've heard, no, it's not. Yeah, audiences didn't buy it because
0: they literally didn't buy it. Nobody wanted to see right.
1: this. That's what, that's what I've heard. Uh, um, Candace Bergen.
0: She, she made the mistake, I mean, they also made the mistake of it open the same weekend as It. Mm-hmm. Um, And we are going to, we'll get to it at the end. We're going to do a little bit more in-depth discussion on that, but that has been the absolute juggernaut of September. Indeed, Uh, indeed. Bringing in almost $220 million so far.
1: That's amazing for a September movie, it feels Uh, like.
0: And we're going to bring in a special guest in a few minutes to to, to discuss
1: that movie with us. Um, Back on the 15th of September, just this past weekend, American Assassin. Uh, which is based on uh, a, a novel by Victor Vince Flynn, rather. And uh, Michael Keaton has entered into the Liam Neeson Club of older yeah, guys who old, are... The older white male actors who are doing
0: these kind of European-inspired insta- action flicks. Mm-hmm. So welcome, Michael Keaton, to that illustrious group. You here.
1: know what I did watch the other day? Because I think it was on either Netflix or... Maybe it was on Netflix, The Founder. With Yeah, I, I've Keaton. seen that recently too. It was okay. I thought it was really well having been someone who worked at McDonald's, you know, and worked in the system to kind of see what it had evolved to by the time that I was there in the 90s. I thought I, it was I, It's it, it's really fascinating to yeah. see
0: the true story
1: of this thing. Yeah, know? they don't hold anything back with it yeah. necessarily.
0: How Ray Kroc real I mean, and brilliance on his part. And you know maybe a little naivete on the actual McDonald brothers, but uh, just how the whole thing came about was mm-hmm. very interesting.
1: Yep, uh, really really good movie. Now, have you seen The American Assassin? I have not. Um, I'm interested in it. I, Michael Keaton is on, is kind of having a little bit of a renaissance for himself. It feels like since yes, I mean is? even even I don't even know that he's Birdman did it for him the way that maybe spider-man has
0: and i think Bird i think Man birdman was the beginning the yes because, yeah that's you know, right he got a lot of attention for it he got an oscar nomination for mm-hmm. it and then spider-man certainly made him a box off yeah. box office viable again.
1: yeah um the the other movie that people are talking about outside of it though is this movie mother with jennifer lawrence um javier Bardem, ed harris michelle pfeiffer um tom it, hall gleason yes it's a it's a darren aronofsky movie And um, I have no idea what it's about. I'm seeing all these. I haven't read anything about it. Well, it's a
0: horror movie. It's Darren Aronofsky's take on a horror movie.
3: Mm -hmm. And
0: it's getting getting a lot of attention. A lot of people aren't necessarily going to see it, but there's a lot of people talking about it. It, It
1: is. It's getting a lot of buzz online.
0: And, but the buzz isn't necessarily positive this is from what I've been reading uh, this is one of those movies where you absolutely love it you know this is what movie making is supposed to be about right or you absolutely loathe and hate it, hmm. um, it, it it's it, it's not your traditional horror movie there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff you have to read between the lines in. You know, Aronofsky has said that that basically Jennifer Lawrence is playing Mother Earth in this movie, um, and she, you know, the characters don't have traditional names. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, her character's name is simply Mother. Um, Mother. I believe that. Uh, Mommy. That Javier Bardem is him, and Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer, I believe, are he and she. Um, you know it's, it's it's also from what I've been reading it's one of those movies where if you want to read between the lines and like you know this is what I think is happening you can probably make an argument for that's what's happening Erish I saw
1: a headline that said this is a Christian film
0: there is a lot of biblical uh, references and is allegory the correct word sure, here? sure yeah Yeah, a lot of biblical allegory. Well, I I, I say that I think that that's one of the things that's
1: been so polarizing. Also, right. Well, I say that to speak to your whole thing of you know you can read just about whatever you want to into the thing. Right. Um, It is. uh, It's it's one of those type films. And
0: well, and also keep in mind that his last, uh, Darren Aronofsky's last movie was Noah. That's right. You know, he does have this connection to to the biblical stories and, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to tell those stories on film.
3: Yeah.
0: So it's just it's interesting and I'm curious to see come the end of the year where this movie is gonna fall with critics. Is it gonna you know, are any of them gonna be Mother. any of these actors gonna be in the running for awards? Michelle Pfeiffer has just been getting rave reviews mm. for this. Mother. So this could be one of those movies that while it's not you know, take fill in the box office. It could have some legs. So Mother. very interesting. Mother. <laughs>
1: um.
0: <laughs> Mother. I, I mean, there's one. There's one photo that kind of makes the way, that makes the rounds with this movie. It's a an official photo that was released by the studio. Mm-hmm. It's like a big party scene. The house is packed with people. Javier Bardem is right there, and everybody having the time of their lives, except for Jennifer Lawrence, who is right in the in the center, right up front in the picture, and she just has this look of utmost horror and terror on his on her oh, face. Oh wow! And it's just that photo alone is just really it, creepy. Is this it's just a different kind of horror
1: movie? Is this the student film that Aronofsky never got to make? Do you think? Possibly. Yeah.
0: Possibly, but he's making it with you know. Right. Big studio money. Right. Mother. Well, it's just you know, he's always been an interesting filmmaker. I mean, it's the first movie that like captured everyone's attention was Pi. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he directed Natalie Portman to her Oscar in Black Swan. You know, he, uh, he's you know, he's not afraid to push buttons and to do new things and try new things and I really respect him for that. But that doesn't mean that I necessarily have liked all of her, all of his movies. Right. I wasn't crazy about Black Swan. Mm-hmm. Noah was interesting. Mm. Uh, but he's just... He's that kind of filmmaker where when he makes a movie, it's a movie that people pay attention to. Yeah,
1: yeah. Noah was fun... There's not
0: a lot of them around these
1: days. Being being someone who's in the church, Noah was fun to uh, watch people within the church lose their minds over. <laughs> um you know I, I when I finally watched it, I'm like, "I see what he's doing here. I understand what he's going for. I don't know that he was successful um but it, you know it was what it was. There were actually some factual things in there that I think are pretty interesting, and there's some things that theologians even debate about that he went and fell on one one or the other side of that I thought was really intriguing as well um so my is out and people are talking about it this Friday at the time of this recording. This is a movie. I keep forgetting this thing's coming out. Uh, Kingsman, the golden circle. I watched the first one. I guess I watched it on, on on like HBO go or Netflix or some such. Um, and I dug it. I don't know that I would have paid my money to see it, you know, but you've got a movie that is potentially reuniting Julianne Moore and Jeff Bridges. Um, Directed by Matthew Vaughn. This is the sequel to the, the first Kingsman. And um, Taron uh, Egerton is coming back as Gary Eggsy Unwin. And uh, he is part of the Secret Service. And the Kingsman headquarters get destroyed. So this is like everything's dark. The world is held hostage. And um, they have to join up with the uh, U.S. Um, spy organization. And so, you know, it's it I think when we talked about The Kingsman a while back ears because I think we both kind of had seen it and, and yeah. kind of commented on it, it it feels like uh it it's trying to do what James Bond was doing in the Roger Moore era toward the latter part of the Roger Moore era and just kind of hip it up a little bit it seemed like to us. To me, Yeah, at least. I mean this is uh
0: this is I, I believe The Kingsman is based on one of Garth Ennis's comics. Mhm so this is uh i believe it's garth ennis isn't it
3: um maybe i'm getting that wrong yeah you're you're Uh, out of my
0: guy who did uh um uh uh, wow i am completely drawing a blank i'm sorry um it's it's meant to be mark millar mark millar that's it thank you millar Mm -hmm. world yeah so i mean it's the it's the same um you know, it's the same vibe that you get in a lot of the Mark Millar comics. Right. Um, tries to be hip and fun, push the limit a little bit. I thought that I thought that for the most part, the first one worked, with the exception of a few scenes that it felt like a movie that didn't always know, does it want to be like rated R adult or does it want to be like something that you know teenagers can go to see right there were certainly some scenes in the first one that really hit the hard r Mm -hmm. you know both in terms of you know sexual suggestion but also violence that whole church massacre scene yep really went over the top
1: yeah yeah
0: um and, and felt disjointed and out of place in the overall context of the movie um refresh my memory did
1: they all go nuts and start beating the crap out of each other in the church is yes. that what happened yeah, yeah and started killing each other
0: like a massive
1: like donny brook mm-hmm. and um, that's a fun word thank you for bringing I, that to I the love table that word mm-hmm. it's one of
0: my favorite words um and uh oh i'm drawing a blank again the the guy who played the main agent who was training yeah oh uh firth.
1: it wasn't ray fines was it no it was colin firth colin firth he, he was all those he, Brits, all those Brits look the same yeah. he was just going through the church and just slaughtering everybody that's right
0: um but I just I felt that that scene i mean while it was a cool action scene in terms of the rest of the movie, it just was a little too over the top in terms of how mm-hmm. how brutal the violence was
1: well oh this is the one where Samuel L Jackson tried to talk with a lisp but didn't quite do it
0: yeah yeah yeah, and, and his hit his hit woman his Kind of bodyguard had those prosthetic legs. With That's the blades, right.
1: That's right.
0: And uh, and they killed Mark Hamill.
1: Yes, they did. That's right. Oh, um, I remember it just kind of being like I, I watched it. I'm like, okay, that was fun. Yeah. Um, but I didn't necessarily need
0: to see a second one.
1: No, me either. Me either. But you know, although
0: what's got me intrigued about this new one is the cast. The cast mm-hmm. is like insane.
1: Um, well, like I say, there's a potential reunion for Julian Moore and. Jeff Bridges, you know, a yep, big Lebowski thing. Holly
0: Berry's in it. Elton John is in it.
1: Channing, Channing Tatum. Is it. <laughs>
0: Look, anything with Channing Tatum, I'll give it a shot. Are we
1: are we mm, Are we willing to admit we have men crushes on Channing Tatum?
0: I got a man crush on okay. Channing Tatum. I think he's cool.
1: I do too. I do too.
0: And he's great at poking fun at himself. Yes. Too. Yes. Image. You know, the the Jump Street movies, he's fantastic Mm -hmm, in. mm -hmm. His cameo in uh, This Is The End, which he claims he was drunk when he agreed to do it, and you'll understand why that makes sense if you've seen the movie. Um, You know, he's just got a great sense of humor, and I think he's fun. And in this one, he's playing, you know, basically an American agent who, like, basically runs around, it looks like, as a cowboy. Um so I don't know I will certainly check this out on On Demand or Netflix or something like that not sure that I'll go see it in the theater
1: alright also coming out on Friday the 22nd the Lego Ninjago movie this has totally flown under my radar and I'm looking at some of the voice talents in this ish. Jackie Chan Justin Thoreau, Dave Franco, Olivia Munn uh, and it's directed by Charlie Bean who did Tron Uprising yep uh, for Disney XD Tron Uprising was a good cartoon and I know our friend Shaz Bazaar still mourns the fact that uh that, that is that that's a show that was canceled. Um Shaz loves all things Tron and he was a big fan of Tron Uprising.
0: Um again this is a movie that I'll watch at home. Will you? I'm not gonna, uh, yeah Cause, uh, I the Ninjago Mm -hmm. brand with Lego never connected with me. Well, I was
1: going to say, but this is the thing. I'm going to have to be convinced to watch it. I'm going to have to hear that this is worth my time to watch.
0: It looks fun. Yeah. And and they're doing that same, the Legos existing in our world thing. In the trailer, there's a scene where like everybody in the Lego city are all freaking out Mm -hmm. because these giant creatures are attacking them and the giant creatures turn out to be two house cats. (laughs) <laughs> they're like walking through the to, to Lego city. Um and it's they're like real house cats. Hmm. So when I saw that I'm like, okay, that, that looks fun. Um I will say this that uh my Mile High Tundra partner Joe, him and his son Luca absolutely love Lego Ninjago. Okay. They watch the uh they watch the half hour like you know, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Love it, swear by it um so i could see them going to see something like this
1: i tell you what lego has become the toy company of the 2000s i don't think anybody touches them i mean in terms of they're able to play with so many different licenses for one thing but just the and they are they're too expensive for me to be really collecting and stuff but like this when i see some sets and some of the different ships that come out i'm like it just makes me mad at hasbro yeah i'm like come on Look at what Lego's doing Hasbro, and they're being mega successful with it, and you would think that some of their price range was too high, but still, they're doing well, and I just want to look at Hasbro and be like, quit giving me your excuses. Make good Star Wars stuff. All
0: right, so two others here that, Steve, I'm sorry, we're not on the show notes. mm -hmm. Um, One is a Ben Stiller movie that, it looks like it's going to be opening a platform release. I believe it's opened in uh, New York and L.A. already, and it's getting pretty decent reviews. It's getting a lot of attention for him. It's called Brad's Status, um, and it looks like it's a looks like it's a little movie about a man played by Ben Stiller who is kind of questioning his his place in his life, his success. He's going around and visiting with old college friends and kind of comparing their success to his. It looks like lack of success. Mm-hmm. So it just, it it looks like one of those male midlife crisis kind of movies. But again, it's getting good reviews for him. And I think that this is one that we could see opening larger over the coming weeks, particularly if it's finding an audience in the, the cities that it does open in. And then the other one that I believe is opening wide this weekend, I mean, really packed weekend, is called Battle of the Sexes
1: oh yeah with steve carell, stars, uh, steve carell and emma stone
0: steve carell and emma mm-hmm. stone as billy jean king and bobby riggs right and this is the story of that famous tennis match between the two of them and uh this looks really good emma
1: stone looks just like billy jean king and this st- steve
0: this carell looks just like
1: bobby riggs yeah, it so is it is crazy yeah it is crazy um that's one. That's a movie that I'll watch. I don't know that I'll get to see it in the theaters, but it's one that I'll actually seek out on home video in some form or another because those I love those type of historical moment and movies you, like that. if you're not familiar
0: with this tennis match, Bobby Riggs was a male champion tennis player who was an absolute chauvinist pig. And just, you know, he, he thought women were there to look pretty on his arms pretty much. And just you know, gave them no credit. And Billy G. King, who I believe at the time was married to Larry King, um, she was a champion female tennis player, and he you know basically called her out. You know, it was like there's no way you could ever beat me, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, the two of them played each other. It was a huge, huge sporting event. You know, this was back in the days where there was basically only three TV channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, had monster ratings for the match. I think they played in the Astrodome. If I'm not, if I, I'm not positive on that, but uh, really became one of those, one of those both historic and cultural landmarks for us, and you know really helped progress the women's movement. So, um, I, I think this looks really good.
1: We're really surprised that uh, she and uh, Larry didn't last longer than they did. They look a lot alike. All right. Um, moving on to the final weekend, of September, our boy, boy and, Tom Cruise, and Scientology's boy Tom Cruise, uh, American Made. I've seen a lot of trailers for this. He's uh, he's Barry Seal, who is a drug smuggler uh, that gets recruited by the CIA for a mission. It's based on a true story. It's directed by Doug Lyman who did Edge of Tomorrow or what is it? Not Die Another Day, but Live Die Repeat. In that, the- yeah.
0: Yeah, which was great. great yes. Science fiction yes. movie. Mhm. And uh, I like what and you also put... Doug Lyman directed the first uh Jason Bourne movie. You know, he's got right. uh, he's he's got his action chops. Yeah.
1: What well, I love that you put this in the notes. Donald Gleason is in this one too. Do you think Snoke may be pulling some strings for his boy? He very... <laughs> well, he's
0: got two, movie, two big movies out this month. You know, yeah. he's yes. in mother. Yeah. He's in this? I think Snoke is definitely looking out for uh Hawks.
1: Yes. And uh and so yeah, this looks really good. I mean it's Tom Cruise doing a Tom Cruise character story and uh or a story where he's playing a character, you know, based on a real life of course, and it looks intense, man. It looks good. And as you said
0: about Battle of the Sexes, these are I really dig these kind of historical movies. Right,
1: yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, they're remaking Flatliners? yeah didn't know that
0: that's pretty much all we need to say all right uh uh, it's got ellen page nina dobrev diego luna in it we should mention that Oh, cassie and andor yeah but it's it's certainly for an audience that's not me
1: uh we got a few anniversaries to get to before we bring on our special guest um 30 years ago this month Fatal Attraction was released in theaters I'd in 1987. i not be ignored Steve. Mm, well, and that's why I went ahead and brought it up. It's now is Fatal now Fatal Attraction I get Fatal Attraction and single white female confused.
0: Fatal Attraction is the Michael Douglas Glenn Close movie okay. where he has the one night stand with her yes. and then you know while his wife is away and then tries to break it off and you know she will not be ignored. Yes. it's the bunny in the pot okay that's
1: what i was going to say this is the one where the bunny gets killed (laughs) right yes okay yes and single white female is the one where the girl cuts her hair to look like her roommate yes okay yes for sure uh yeah this is this is a classic like you say michael douglas glenn close um this is one that you know uh, outside of steve lawson everybody knows and remembers vividly uh the princess bride was this year was this month 30 years ago shall we Absolutely. fall into quotes i don't know <laughs> oh, t- have fun storm in the castle
0: i say i still say that to this day like when i when like somebody is at my office and they leave or whatever i'll be like have fun storm in the castle
1: you think they can do it not a chance um oh of course you know my favorite go-to is anybody got the peanut yeah yeah stop that rhyming and i mean it anybody got a peanut <laughs> you know, and, and my name is Anigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, like, that is, it's, it is one of the most quotable movies of all time. And, uh, you know, even Peter Falk gets to do his thing when he stands up and feels around in his pocket, you know. Just yeah. one more thing. Um, but the sword
0: fight, it, the, the oh, first sword fight on top of the cliff with yeah. Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Elway's mm-hmm. is just, oh, that's like just harkens back to like the old Errol Flynn stuff. Um, there's just so many fun scenes in this movie. So good.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, if you've never seen Princess Bride, I can't believe you listen to this podcast.
0: Love. True love.
1: Oh, Malage. <laughs> Malage is what brings us together today. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? You're in the pit of despair. Don't even. <clears throat> Don't even think about trying to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know the other
0: thing I love the movie and this is such a simple little thing but I love it when movies do this when the movie's over they go through and they, they freeze frame the characters yes. and put the actor's name up Yes I love that Yes
1: For, They do that in Death Note by the way Uh So <laughs> <laughs> again it's that throwback if they have these little again, things i love like in a movie.
0: percentage for guliverse for death
1: note <laughs> i i need no i just it's i am fascinated by this movie because of the way it was filmed and the way it was made and i just can't get over it and you brought that up and i'm like well they did that in death note um right. i love the princess bride so much and i did not see this movie until uh i was in college actually yeah same with me and um
0: which actually is just like a year after it came well, out. Well, for me, yeah, it, that was, it, the theater. it was about eight years after
1: it came out before I saw it. But I was blown away. I was like, how did this get by me? And I love
0: the Mark Knopfler song in it, too. Come, Come
1: my love, love i tell, tell you a tale.
3: A boy and girl
1: <laughs> and their, their love, love story. <laughs> All right
3: one
0: great song into what was the movie that had I mean you couldn't be in college at my age and not have the soundtrack singles
1: singles in 1992 25 years ago now here's I'm just going to tell you I don't know this movie
0: Cameron Crowe movie with uh with uh, uh I I hate it when I Bridget Bridget Fonda in the middle of something
1: Bridget Fonda
0: Bridget Fonda, um,
1: Kira Sedgwick. Uh,
0: yes, Kira. Yep. Just read it off for me, brother.
1: Uh, Matt Dillon, Campbell Scott. There um, you go. Yeah, Bill. It's, it's Bill exactly Pullman. What it says. Wow. It
0: it's it's you know it takes place in Seattle. The whole grunge movement mm. was going on. Uh, Eddie Vedder has got a cameo in the movie oh, wow. as one of uh, as one of the guy's bandmates. Um, the, the, there's a lot of grunge music in it. Yeah, Eddie Vedder was uh, Matt Dillon's bandmate. Um, and it's just about, uh, you know, it's about dating and stuff.
1: Mm. This is one that missed me, I've got to be honest with you. Wow. It's
0: good. And the soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah.
1: Eric Stoltz is in this, Jeremy Piven. Yep. Wow. Okay. And also 25 years ago. The last of the Mohicans, Daniel no Day where Lewis. You go,
0: I will find you.
1: Uh, as I like to call it, no Mohicans. Um,
0: Another one with a great soundtrack. Great, yes.
1: This is a legendary soundtrack on this yeah. bad boy.
0: And I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Great action. Great. I mean, the whole, like the whole last twenty minutes of this movie is just like your heart's just banging out of your chest. So good.
1: Yeah. Um, this I, this wasn't Daniel Day-Lewis's big coming out party necessarily but I remember it being a movie that was he got much talked about because of yeah um around that era you know I mean really as I'm looking through some other stuff that he did on his IMDb maybe this was Well Gandhi he was in Gandhi 10 years prior but well
0: no it was my left foot he won the was, okay he won the oscar for foot. my left foot okay a couple years before uh and he also had uh yeah. yeah yeah it was my left foot that put that really really put him on the map because of his oscar win for that
1: yeah well you can kind of see from that point forward he's picking and choosing what he's going to do i mean he like still does today yeah yeah so um no no mohicans the last of the mohicans Nineteen ninety-two, twenty years ago this month. If
0: you've not seen this movie, please. I mean, basically all of these movies. I think you could probably skip Fatal Attraction, mm-hmm. but the uh, the other three I highly recommend. I'm
1: gonna have to try to track down singles. Um, and see if I can get a little '90s nostalgia buzz. Twenty years ago this month, L.A. Confidential.
0: Another one. Oh, gotta see this movie. It's was this
1: absolutely was was brilliant. this an Oscar winner?
0: It. I believe it did win some Oscars. Mm-hmm. Let me see
1: here. I know uh, this was... I, I remember it being at the Oscars that year, at least. Had to be. I thought it was in contention.
0: Uh, it, it's possible it did. Uh, I, I can't, mean, you're talking
1: Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, Kim Basinger. Um,
0: I think Kim Basinger won an Oscar for this. Okay,
1: that might be what it was. Uh, Two James Oscars. Crownwell,
0: Guy Pierce. David Strathairn, Danny DeVito,
1: Best Writing, uh, screenplay based on material previously produced or published, and Best Actress for Kim Basinger. It was nominated for Best Picture. It was nominated for Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Music by Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, it won some Golden Globes, won BAFTA Awards, won Screen. I mean, yeah, this was a this was a bit of a monster in '97. As far as just being something that people were into.
0: And this was Curtis Hanson, kind of like right in the middle of his heyday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he followed this up with, uh, you know, he did Eight Mile a few years later. Yeah, yeah. He he was busting out some good pictures back then. Um,
1: also, twenty years ago this month, this was twenty years ago. Yeah. The Edge, I've not to be not movie. now. Listen, not the U two, um, not not the. <laughs> Not the, the movie YouTube that
0: was guitarist. supposed to be titled "Bookworm" and the studio made David Mamet change the title because they didn't think people would go see a movie called "Bookworm." Wow. Um, this is the the picture with. Uh, this is Anthony
1: Hopkins and Alec Anthony Baldwin.
0: Hopkins, Alec Baldwin, where they're uh, you know they're up in Alaska and their plane crashes and they're basically yeah you know stuck. They gotta. And they're, they're fighting off Bart the Bear. Old,
1: old Bart the Bear, the old Kodiak, hunting him down. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. This was man, and and doesn't it turn out? Spoiler alert! Like Alec Baldwin had set this whole thing up, trying to kill Anthony Hopkins' character. Uh. Wasn't he like a protege to to the character or something?
0: No, but he was looking for. Well, Alec Baldwin was having an affair with Anthony Hopkins' wife, no, that's was played what it by El McPherson. That's right. Oh. <sighs> um. And so Alec Baldwin was and, and Anthony Hopkins played like an Uber gazillionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, L. McPherson was a model. Alec Baldwin was like a photographer or something like that. So once the plane crashed, then he was looking for opportunities to off Anthony Hopkins. Cause perfect, perfect way to get the old right. man out of the way. Right. So you can, you can have the wife all to yourself. um, and anthony hopkins kind of smells him out and you know he's just this guy who literally is a bookworm like he's just always reading he's got you know because he's in alaska he's got a book on like how to survive on your own in alaska and he's been reading this book and like learning tricks and tips and like how to defeat a bear and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so he's just this guy that he has just knows everything. Knowledge yeah. that he's accumulated through reading over the years, and you know, puts it to use and keeps the two of them alive. It's got an amazing bear mauling scene in mm-hmm. it too.
1: Yep. <laughs> I will not let this bear kill me. Um, I'm going to survive. Uh, fifteen years ago, I can't believe this movie was fifteen years ago.
3: Turn up. Turn it
1: up. Again. Movie screen, darling, Reese Witherspoon would star.
0: This is, this is what they were hoping she would recapture. That's
1: right. Oh, Sweet Home, Alabama.
0: Another movie I love.
1: It is a good movie. It, Reese does that Southern charm thing and, and puts on that Southern stuff so well. When she's in that bar and she's like, well, I just never expected to see you in a bar with a baby. Um, just a
0: good cast, too. Josh yes, Lucas, Josh Patrick Lucas. Dempsey, Candace Bergen, mm-hmm. Mary Kate Place, Fred Ward. I love Fred Ward um Ethan Embry just uh just the fun this is what romantic comedies are supposed right,
1: to right right uh 10 years ago this month the kingdom now is that
0: the one this is the one with uh Jamie Fox
1: Jamie and Fox.
0: Jason Jason Bateman
1: okay then i'm thinking of something different then i'm thinking of a different the kingdom
0: this is the one where they are the FBI agents okay. who go over to Saudi Arabia to investigate a bombing in uh, in like an area where U.S. citizens live.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, a great Jamie Fox, Chris Cooper, Jennifer Garner, Jason Bateman, um, Jeremy Piven. Great cast in it. Some absolutely spectacular action sequences. This is. Peter Berg is a little bit of a Michael Mann disciple.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: the two of them, like, kind of work together. They, you know, they're sort of, you know, I believe that they're friends. This is Peter Berg doing his full-on best to make a Michael Mann movie.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so if you liked Michael Mann's Heat, the one with uh, Al Pacino and Bob De Niro, like, watch The Kingdom. You'll you'll dig this oh, okay. movie. It's got All that right. same kind of vibe. I was thinking And it's short too. It's it's maybe ninety minutes at really? most. It's just tight and tense and bam. You know, just this roller this movie that picks up momentum and the, the last 20, 30 minutes of it are just like you're again, you're on the edge of your seat with this. All right. Absolutely love
1: this movie. I was getting this confused with the Ridley Scott movie from a few years prior. that is... The Kingdom uh, of Heaven. No, I'm thinking, yeah, Kingdom of Heaven. It's the Crusades movie, yeah, with Orlando Bloom. Um, Two more here, five years ago. Finally, uh, we come to... uh, Wow, five years ago, Dread with Carl Urban. Wow, that was five years ago?
0: Yeah. Oh, and this is, this was great. This was the Judge Dredd movie that needed to be made.
1: Hey, you don't, don't you besmirch. Don't you besmirch, oh, Sylvester.
0: I'm, I'm going to Mr. I am the law.
1: I am the law.
0: I've actually seen where they're looking at turning this into a series now. I am the law. Um, but this Dredd movie was fantastic. And also the uh, the bad guy in it is Cersei from Game of Thrones. Oh. Lena Headley.
1: Yes, Lena Heady. Heaty, sorry. Mm-hmm. I should
0: know that. Should
1: know. Also from Terminator, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, played Sarah Connor in that show. And finally, Looper, Ryan Johnson's Looper, was five that's years ago this out, month.
0: Eric, you know, we're all excited about some other movies. That's
1: too. right, that's right. And uh, everyone's really jazzed up, so much so that they haven't even seen the movie, and they were saying that he should be the one to fill in for Colin Trevorrow. But that's a whole different topic, Erish.
0: I'm not going there.
1: Yeah. Um, but Abrams is coming back. We did talk about the Trevorrow thing on the last episode. We have not talked about Abrams being the choice to replace him. Uh, that is, what happened? Abr- the fifth. What's that?
0: I'm pleading the fifth.
1: Well, all I'm saying is Abrams has been recho- re- cho- uh, chosen to replace him. And, uh, the novelization of The Last Jedi, should you want to read it and uh, have all that cool stuff, won't be out till March. But we're not even going to talk about that either. Instead, uh, is our special guest ready, do you think?
0: yes he is All why right. don't you give him a call while I ask the chat for a noun a noun and a plural noun
1: alright we're calling our special guest while we look in the chat for a noun and a plural noun
0: a noun, a noun, and a plural noun
1: oh, two nouns and a plural noun
0: two nouns and a plural noun okay, I have cat okay okay I like box. We'll go with that.
1: Hello, are you there?
2: Hello.
1: Oh, there he is. Microphone. Yeah.
2: Cups. Cups. It seemed like you guys were talking about something, so I didn't want to interrupt. So. Oh, that's so. We're, we're 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 doing Mad Libs, kid.
1: That's so professional. Oh. That's so professional. Ethan, welcome back to to Geek Out Loud, man.
2: How's it going? Thanks for having me.
1: It's going well. I forgot what your entrance music is supposed to be.
2: Uh, it was either John Cena or Superman, I think.
1: Okay. Well.
2: Play the Toyota fine. commercial.
1: Play the Toyota
2: commercial.
0: <laughs> Ethan, have you, have you heard that? John Cena's music is in a Toyota car commercial.
2: No, I don't think I heard it.
0: Well. All right, folks in the chat, I need an article of clothing, Plural. Oh, here a we go. Celebrity, and lastly, an adjective.
2: you need an article of clothing in plural?
0: Yes. What
2: Trousers.
0: That? Trousers,
1: that's a fun word. So, Ethan, how's it how, How's it going? You're back in school? School started back up for you?
2: Yeah, first year in high school. It's a, it, I'd rather be at home, but it's fine.
1: Well, that's how I always felt about uh, school. I'd rather be at home or anywhere else, not necessarily home. Here's that Toyota commercial. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh,
1: he's blowing out lights when he drives by. Blowing hair back, grabbing some pizza. Well, Daddy's doing it on the old new Camry with John Cena music. That's hilarious. Um, well, Ethan, it's good to have you, man, and and I thank you for being here with us. And we wanted to bring yep. you on because you went and saw a movie that neither Eris nor I will go see. And you yep. can, and it may be because we're chickens or whatever you want to say. But oh, no, it's because I'm a chicken. Okay, see, there oh, you go.
0: I don't even want to I see got- pictures of Pennywise. <laughs>
1: Ethan, tell us about it, my friend.
2: All right. I I think that you guys should definitely see it. It's not going to give you nightmares. It'll give you the creeps, but not nightmares. So, and the movie, it nails the friendship aspect. There's like a stand-by-me feel and stuff. It's like 50% horror and 50% friendship, basically. So I think you guys would actually like it.
1: What, now wait a minute. Are you telling me this is a Stand by Me type movie?
2: Yeah, it's like a coming of age friendship story. Uh huh. There's definitely like the friendship aspects in it. Like Stephen King definitely did he write both of those novels? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So but so th- these kids who aren't they like your age? Aren't they like high school kids?
2: I think they're in like fifth grade. Okay,
0: so they're younger, yes. and 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 they're known as what? The losers? Yeah, the
2: losers' club. So, the losers' club. Wait a minute! So aren't
0: got... these kids being like terrified and murdered by this clown?
2: Well, not the losers' club. Like most of the other kids are getting picked off and killed, but the losers' club are the main characters, so I'm pretty okay. sure they all survive.
1: Okay, you're so... pretty sure. You saw the movie, didn't you? So now, wait a minute. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think you understand what a coming-of-age movie is. Normally, a coming-of-age movie may have, like, one death that either happens off-screen or is, like, a heart attack or a car wreck that you don't really see all the blood and everything from. You don't have, in a coming-of-age movie, some killer walking around stalking, you know, some demonic clown stalking children in the sewers and, and, and killing them, Ethan. Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, the mo- the movies about the kids like stepping up and facing their fears
1: Okay, so the kids
0: save the day in this thing
1: uh
2: kind of it, you, it,
0: so so Ethan did you read the book yes so how does because the book is beloved like you know it's one of Stephen King's most popular novels how yep. does the movie stand up to the book is it the complete book or is this just part of the story
2: well, there are some major differences from the movie and book. Obviously, uh, the kids' story took place in the 50s in the book, but in the movie, the kids take place in the 80s. Okay. And speaking of the kids, the movie is only the kids, while the book shares both the kids and the adults. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that uh, in, like, two or three years, we're going to get the adult story. But, yeah. You know.
0: So it's their int- it was their intention to break this into two movies then?
2: Yeah.
1: So let me ask you this: and, Do you, do you know why they went to the '80s instead of the '50s
2: uh, for the movie? I don't really know. Maybe I know why. Story would take place in like present day. Yeah. Because, I well, I know why.
0: Yeah. I think that, but more importantly, I think that because Stranger Things was so popular. Oh, I was just going to say because oh,
1: yeah. the '80s was the greatest decade of all time.
0: Well, that too, but yeah. I think that because Stranger <laughs> Things was so popular. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure.
1: And and isn't there a kid that was in Stranger Things in this movie?
2: Uh, yeah, Finn Wolfhart. He's playing like the Finn Wolfhart
1: Okay. All right. Finn Wolfhart is. Oh, so a, what a cool name.
0: So is Pennywise is like the main bad guy in this? He's like the. Like what? What is he? Is he like some kind of supernatural being? Or clue me well, in a little bit on this dude.
2: Just want to say something. Like, should I keep this vague? Like, no spoilers. No, oh, we no, saved no. This. No. we saved you
0: for the end of the show. So spoiler, everybody, spoiler. Yeah, this is what we do. We we do the nice. spoiler things at the end of the show so people can stop listening.
2: Yeah, Pennywise is just like one of the masks that the true it form wears. It's like, it's weird. It comes from, like, alternate universe called, like, the Macroverse. Um, it's just... It's, it was created to feed, and so when you put fear into your prey, it's basically like the salt on the meat. It, it says... <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that's what they even refer to it as. That's in awesome. The, the, salt the salt on the meat. The salt on the meat. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, um... It it just takes the form of like basically what you're afraid of. in so gotcha. this one, in the movie, it basically just mostly took the form of Pennywise the clown. Oh, okay.
0: So for me and your brother Evan, it would take the form of Pennywise because we're afraid of clowns.
1: It sounds like yeah, uh, pretty much, Ethan. It sounds kind of like the premise of Nightmare on Elm Street in a way. Did you ever watch yeah, any
2: of those? Yeah. I've read a lot of reviews, and they're basically calling it like a. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street like meets the Goonies. Okay. So yeah. Alright. It's definitely like a Nightmare on Elm Street vibe.
0: Now Ethan, you've also seen the original version of It, correct? Yeah. How does this one compare to that one?
2: Uh, hmm. Which is better? Well, I think the movie is definitely better. Hmm. Well, obviously, uh, in the kids' story in the 50s, which they changed, in the 50s, like, all those monsters were popular, so in the miniseries, I'm pretty sure they had, like, the werewolf and the mummy, and I'm pretty sure even Frankenstein was in the book. But the 80s, like, all those, like, old classic monsters weren't very popular or scary at that time, so they got rid of that stuff.
0: And so did they create more of their own original things or did they use the scary stuff in the 80s like Jason and the those kind of popular movie characters?
2: No, I wish they did that, like added like maybe even Chucky or Michael Myers, but they didn't. Most okay. of the it form was just Pennywise.
1: All right. Which is, I mean, let's be honest, that's all you need as creepy as... Yeah,
2: Netflix.
0: and and that's what, I think that's what people know mm-hmm. It as is the the scary clown, so yeah. and it's easy. It's easy to brand that too. So Ethan,
1: I'm not a big fan of horror movies. You know, Arish is not a big fan of horror movies, but you're still suggesting we should see this.
2: Yes, it's not gonna scare you. I don't think it will. Maybe like the imagery in one scene will like just creep you out at night, but other than that, you'll be fine.
1: Well, we live alone, though. You. We can't run to mom yeah. and dad's room.
2: Uh, I I don't know how to help you
0: there. <laughs> anyway. I'm I'm a big freaking scaredy cat, so I don't think I'm ever gonna see this movie.
2: I don't <laughs> even want to see the
0: commercials for it. Thank
1: you so if much it's for the. Ever
0: com- band, yeah, you can come over. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, you, you so
1: watch. much for the compassion, Ethan. Like I don't know how to help you there. Then you're a no, alone. Ethan,
0: Ethan, let me ask you this: We're getting close to October again, just a couple weeks from October. So, are you and and your brothers? Gonna be doing the you know the 31 days of horror thing again?
2: Yeah, my uh, my dad wanted to do that again, but we can only pick like three movies that we watched last year. And last year was all like the famous like ones that everybody knows. So this year is, is going to be a little harder. we to have to find some new movies. Gotta get, and, get yeah, gotta get a little creative.
0: Gotta get a little creative. Yeah. And I got one. I got one for you guys that I think you'll like. It's not necessarily a good movie it it It's a movie called Roar. and it was made back in i I believe in the late seventies, early eighties and it's it's about this family who live in this house with like a hundred lions and tigers and leopards and stuff. and it's it's known as the most dangerous movie ever made because this family they literally lived in a house with like a hundred lions and tigers and leopards and stuff. Wow. And pretty much everybody who worked on this movie got mauled at one point or another. Got bit or like one guy got scalped by uh by a lion. Um that guy was John DeBont, who went on a direct twister and speed. Um Melanie Griffith was a teenager. This was her family. Tippi Hedren was her mother who was in the birds. It was Tippi Hedren and her husband who owned all these wild animals. Um, Melanie Griffith got, she got scarred across the face from one of them. It's, it's insane. Like, and, and you just see this, it, it, it'll be like, they'll be like in the kitchen and there'll be like 10 lions and a tiger and a panther, like all in the room with them. It's nuts.
1: There's no sense in all that.
2: There is. that like supposed to be a horror movie on purpose, or
1: <laughs> or did it turn out to be accidentally a horror movie? <laughs> I think it, it,
0: I think a little combination of both. All right. Um, the good that came out of this was that Tippy Hedren went on to form uh, a conservation group to protect animals, and basically spent the rest of her life like fighting to protect wildlife and endangered species and things like that um had had an amazing career doing that afterwards but i mean they had they had like 150 of these big cats on their property along with things like they had i think a couple elephants at one point it was nuts
1: well i have a few suggestions for you as well ethan for yep. your 31 days of horror Let, may i suggest the blob from 1988 it's not only it's not only a horror movie. It's it's a horrible movie that is just you can't turn away from. It's so good. It's so bad. It's All good. All right. And also I'll tell my dad about it. Also from 1988, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes.
0: Yes.
2: I'm pretty sure I watched that last year. Okay. Last time, Evan won't want to watch that one. All right. I'm pretty sure we had the DVD of
1: that. Nice, good deal. Well, I watched the blob. The blob's on Hulu right now, and I watched it the other night, and it is. It has like just your jump scares and everything. It's hard to get scared of the actual creature, but it's got some good, it's got some good kill scenes in there, some pretty creative stuff. But it's just not a good. It's, I mean, it's definitely the lower tier of the '80s horror movies, and it's a remake of a movie from 1958, in fact, with Steve McQueen, uh, called The Blob. So, and then Death Note. If you haven't watched Death Note on Netflix, I'd like to hear what you think of Death Note.
0: Steve, Steve won't
2: shut up about Death Note.
1: I'm confused.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I watch that one. I'm con- that's on a bit of like the anime remake side.
1: Yeah. I'm getting con- into that stuff. I need oh. to know I need to know how you feel about it though, i 'cause I'm confused.
2: Oh, you're confused by it? Yeah.
1: I don't I'm confused as to how I feel about it. Oh, all right. It it's become the bane of it's become the bane of Geek Out Loud. And by bane I mean like the, the headache and the and the And the vexing, not, not, I watched this movie and I don't know what I think. Darth Vader breathing, Darth Vader breathing.
0: Why would you throw someone out the window if you're just going to shoot them? Why would you watch a movie if
1: you know it's not going to be good? (laughs) Oh, man.
0: I got got one for you, Ethan. It's a movie from 2007 called The Mist.
1: Oh. I think
0: I watched that based on a Stephen King story where everybody's like trapped inside a grocery store. All right.
1: Oh, now Ethan, have you watched, you've watched the classics like from the, from the eighties and such as you've watched the, the original Halloween movie. You've seen the Friday, the 13th the nightmare on Elm street and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Uh,
2: I don't know how many Friday, the 13th movies I watched. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch the first one. I
1: know that. Oh wow. Okay. Well, the first one and the third one are, are considered to be the best, I believe of the series the third one is actually almost just a science fiction film the dream warriors where they actually learn to lucid dream and go in their dreams and fight freddy and they give themselves superpowers and stuff this little team of teenagers going after freddy in their dreams um so so your recommendation on it is go see it yes okay what is the gore factor like in the movie
2: uh, wait, okay, uh... Is it very gory? Yeah. Like, okay, there's this one scene where there's an entire room, like, filled with blood.
3: Uh-huh.
2: But it's not, like, it's not, like, nasty, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's not, like, totally gory. Mm hmm. There's definitely a lot of blood in some scenes. It's not, like, Saw gore, I'll say that. Okay. Saw is just, like, a whole nother level like right. disgusting...
3: Right. This one's
2: like, obviously, it's got to be gory because there's like a chopped off limb in that one part. Sure. That the crown is gnawing on.
1: Do you feel like they're going over the top with it, or do you feel like it fits the story?
2: I think the gore was, the level of the gore was reasonable, but the CGI got a bit kooky at some point. Okay. All right. So.
1: What about this? Also, the, the scare factor.
2: I fact. forgot to mention that the movie's really uh, funny.
1: It is funny? Yep. Okay. The
2: kids do a great job.
1: What so
0: a... do you think they were kind of going for the Stranger Things vibe with this? Like, have fun with the kids, but also be creeped out by the scary monster at the same time?
2: Uh, I don't know, because, like, the book obviously came out before the Stranger Things. Yeah,
0: yeah. So... Yeah, Stranger Things is an in part an homage to to it. Yeah, but the movie's coming out after the TV show has come out and been so popular.
2: Yeah, I think that I think the only way that like they definitely pay homage uh, to Stranger Things is like obviously all the nerd stuff like their movie theaters out with like Batman. I'm pretty sure it was Batman mm. and other nerdy movies. And that was pretty much it. Okay. Other than that, I think that it was original, and Stranger Things was paid homage to that. All right.
1: Well, that's cool. So, what is how many jump scares are there? Like, if you're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, wah! It just kind of jumps out at you and, you, and makes you lose your stuff.
2: Uh, did, wait, did you guys watch all the trailers?
0: No, I'm not watching any of the trailers. I, I haven't seen any okay, of
2: the yeah. trailers. Uh. The trailers ruin a lot of the clown scenes. Mm-hmm. Probably the most scariest scene was a jump scare uh, in the trailer. But other than that, it was pretty good. Okay. They're well, that's, that's not different from
0: any other movie that comes out these days. Everything gets ruined in the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fast and Furious franchise, I'm talking to you. You put the, the last big action set piece in every single one of your trailers. Stop doing it! You had us at Fast and Furious. Or did you? They did. Okay. Steve, you got to see those movies. All right. <laughs> you got you got to do a marathon down there.
1: I'll have to, I'll have to check them out. I just can't get into the the Fast Card show. It's going. Um. All but-
0: right. So before we let Ethan go and before we wrap this up, yes. let me uh let me read my Power Rangers the Ooh. movie. Mad Libs All right, here we story go. story for you guys. This is a dramatic reading. a right. story called "Locate Your Click." Oh. oh If you've ever attended Chatty School, then you might have been a part of a click. Mm-hmm. Clips are groups of dingoes mm-hmm. that have similar interests and sometimes wear similar pants. Angel Grove High has eighty seven different clicks. Wow. Jason used to be a jock who played carball, and had very strong nostrils.
1: Well,
3: Billy hung well. out
0: with the nerds who always kept a cat in their pocket and read a lot of box books. Nice. Nice. And then there are the cups, like Kimberly, <laughs> oh. who wear the finest trousers and look a lot like John Cena.
1: Kimberly does wear the finest trousers. That's true. And she
0: does look a lot like John Cena. Yep, yeah,
1: with the jorts. Mm-hmm.
0: No one would have ever thought that these three would eventually morph into the amusingly click, the Power Rangers.
1: Nice. Well done. Wow. Well done. Thank you, chat, for (laughs) trying. It's all
0: part of trying to make Geek Out Loud a more fun environment. That's right.
1: (laughs) What I love, though, is the, I think my favorite part was that Kimberly's click is all about their trousers and they look like John Cena
0: is all about no she looks like John well that
1: because her choice of trousers is jorts no Aww. has to be Ethan buddy thank you so much for coming on the show and talking some it with us you you may have me sold I may check this out yep. uh, as it comes out do me out.
2: a favor and go see the movie I,
1: I, I don't know that I'll go see it but I may actually watch it at home so I can turn it off when I get too scared
2: Good Ethan
0: what's coming up that you're really excited for
2: uh, I guess the next best thing is either which one comes out first
0: Justice League or Thor I think they might open at the same time that would be interesting
1: Thor as far as I'm no, concerned I
0: think Thor comes out and then a couple weeks later Justice
2: League yeah then Thor probably yeah
1: oh man well yeah I'm looking forward to Thor I- I'm myself. with you on
0: that Steve and I are both mad excited for Thor
1: I'm, I'm so down did you see what the Nerdist did where they made it like a 1987 trailer yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Like, like if you rented a videotape and it was the previews before the, before the movie. It, yeah, that's what it was. Really cool stuff. Well, Ethan, buddy, thanks so much for coming on with us, my friend. It's thanks, good to talk Ethan. to you again.
2: Thanks, Barry.
1: All right, we'll talk to you later. Don't don't get so fired up next time.
2: All right. All right. We'll do.
1: <laughs> see you, bud. Bye, Ethan.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, Ethan, doing his thing, man, making it happen.
0: He, I got to tell you, my nephews love their horror movies. That's
1: crazy. That is nuts.
0: Love their horror movies. Well, Ayers,
1: anything you want to promote or plug before we go?
0: Mile High Tundra, folks.
1: Yes, Mile High Tundra. You can find it over at geekoutpodcast.com. You can find it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Just look for Mile High Tundra. If you're into the football, it's a great way to, uh, to interact with some guys who have a skewed view. What I'd really love is... Um, If like you're a Vikings fan, to come at Joe for his Packers love, yeah, and uh, and get some get some rivalries going with other stuff. Who are the big? Who's the big rival for the Broncos? Do they have one? Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers. Well, nobody. Okay, Patriots. I can see where you got a lot of bandwagon Patriots fans out there. So (sighs) hit them up, start some rivalries. Um,
0: And if you like your Star Wars. Go read Phasma by Delilah S. Dawson, Fantastic Read. And on October 3rd, look for From a Certain Point of View, our special celebration of the 40th anniversary of Star Wars. 40 stories by 42 authors. A lot of fun stuff in there.
1: I'm looking I'm I am greatly looking forward to that. That's... And if you don't
0: want to read, check out the audiobook. John Hamm's reading the the Boba the Boba Fett story
1: so funny that Boba Fett has a story in that.
0: And Ashley Eckstein's reading a story. Janina oh, wow. Gavankar from uh, Battlefront 2 is reading a story. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, fantastic voice cast. Mark Thompson, head a lot u- more.
1: And uh, I want to encourage everyone to head over to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. We've got some new designs up there. Of course, of course there's the classic Geek Out Loud T and... Uh, men and ladies cuts as well as a toddler's tee and a kid's tee but we have our new Return of the Jedi logo the classic Return of the Jedi logo done up on uh, with Geek Out Loud instead of Jedi and uh, you can get your red all red version or you can get the white words with the red trim and of course every Geek Out Loud shirt, Goldiverse shirt comes with the Geek Out Loud logo on the back uh, except for the Rock Out Loud Multiverse Tour shirt uh, this is our new shirt from Rock Out Loud. The front has the Rock Out Loud name and a font you may recognize. And the back has all the places in the multiverse that we've been or desire to be. And uh, check it out there at geekoutonline.com shirts with more shirts coming soon. We appreciate you supporting the Goldiverse that way. Or just use the links to Amazon, Fandango, Entertainment Earth, Think Geek, and other places that you'll find at geekoutonline.com. And uh, when you do, when you go to those sites through those links, it helps the shows out tremendously as well as if you want to support the shows directly, we encourage you to go to patreon.com slash geek out loud. The email is geekoutonline.com, or wait, geek out at gmail.com geek at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group. That's uh, you can get there easily by going to geekoutonlinecom slash group and be part of the guardians of the goal there on Facebook. Erish on Twitter is at Darth underscore Duff. And you can follow Geek Out Loud at Geek Out Loud, as well as the entire Goldiverse at Goldiverse. Erish, my brother, it was so good to have you on and talk to you again, sir.
0: Always a pleasure, my brother, from another mother.
1: Before we go, in honor of the giant uh, Superman extended cut, three-hour extended cut being released, here's a reading from the Topps card from uh, Superman the movie. This is card number 54, Superman leaps into action. And on the back, it's Movie Facts. The alluring Sarah Douglas plays Ursa, one of the arch-villains of Superman. This is the first time makeup and costumes have deliberately altered my appearance, Sarah comments. In Superman, Ursa may not have much to say as Lois Lane, but people won't forget me. And no, we did not, Sarah Douglas. Ursa will always be one of our favorite bad girls. So that wraps it up. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson for Eric Schirneweiss. We'll see you on the next Geek Out Loud.